Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. If we just said, God, I'm going all in this year. And even when it's hard, and even when it might be challenging, and even when it might be difficult, what can happen if we just go all in? We've got some great ways for you to go all in as a church. And, um, you know, I want to see us excel, and I want to see us continue to grow in the things of God. One is being in church. Amen. Coming to church, attending with the corporate body. Amen. Being here in the house of God together. I want to encourage you as much as you can. Be in the house. Sundays, didn't know if you knew, we're here on Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Didn't just start that, been doing that for a long time. And we would love to have you come join us. Come get a double dose. Amen. We used to say growing up, we want to get under the spout where the glory comes out. I want to get under the spout. Amen. Get as much as I can. I don't know how much I can hold, but I want to find out. Amen. I want to fill it up to as much as I can handle and then just give away some, be an overflow. So come with us Sunday mornings, uh, Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Uh, the Lord's going to be leading us in some reminders this year. That's where he led us. I ministered this past week on the importance of recall. Amen. The recall notice. We need to recall some things, remind ourselves of some things, bring some things back up to the top that maybe we've gotten buried down a little bit and found out that God's reminders are just as powerful as his initial revelation. Amen. And so we're going to be kicking into some things that might be familiar. It might be like, oh, we've hit that before. Well, we're hitting it for a reason because there's still something to get out of it. Amen. And so we're going to do that. We've got prayer. We've got corporate prayer that takes place here. Uh, Sunday mornings at 830. Uh, we have corporate prayer that comes or that happens here, uh, individuals that come and pray. And then uh, Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., we have uh, corporate prayer right here from 6 to 7. And uh, great times uh, in prayer, man, the groups that have been coming, it's just been great to see the number of folks that are coming um, and uh, the individuals that make it out. So if you can make it to these things, man, come and be a part. And like I said, let's just go all in. If you haven't yet, um, we've got Bible reading plans. Let's get in the word this year. Amen. Come on. You've been saying every year, I want to read the Bible through in a year. I want to, well, you can do that. We make it easy for you. So we've got Bible reading plans out front. I think we've even got a graphic that will allow you to download it digitally for all of my digital friends. If you want to get it on your iPhone, your iPad, there it is. You just scan that, you pull open your camera, scan that QR code, and you'll give you access right there. You can download it, and then you've got it with you all the time. Amen. Uh, some people got a lot, gotta have that hard copy, and then others are like, man, you know, give it to me on something that I know I've got with me everywhere I go. So let's be in the word together. So in those three ways, we can really sell out to things this year. Uh, in 2024. We just want to give you some resources and make some things available to you. We've got some special services that are going to be taking place. Pastor Earl Glisson from Anchor Faith Church, St. Augustine. Pastor Earl Marcy will be with us in just two weeks on the 21st. Uh, and so you want to come and be a part of that. Uh, always a treat and an honor to have Pastor Earl with us, our pastors and 
uh, the visionary behind Anchor Faith Church. Amen. Speaking of vision, we I think we had what eight families join yesterday through Vision Partnership. Amen. Continuing to we're seven days in, we hit the ground running, man. We've already added families to the church, and so thankful for those of you that are connecting and partnering with us to see the vision increased and advance. We cannot do it by ourselves. It's impossible. But when we all come together and do our part, it's amazing what we can see take place. And so um, thankful for that. And then in three weeks on the 28th, January 28th and 29th, actually, Pastor Daryl Huffman, Miss Bonnie Huffman, they will be with us. Uh, and then we're going to do four services. We're going to do a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. Uh, Sunday morning, regular service, 1030 like we normally do, 6 p.m. on Sunday night. And then Monday, uh, we're actually going to do we, uh, a Monday morning service. He said the Lord laid on his heart to take uh, time to go into churches and just teach on prayer, elements of prayer. We got to be a praying church, don't we? Amen. And it's, it's important to know the power of prayer and how to pray and even in corporate settings. So we're going to be doing that Monday morning. If you can take off work, if you can be with us, if, if you can find chunk out of your day to come and do that, that would be amazing. Um, let's get some folks here and let's spend some time in the word on prayer. And then we're going to spend time in prayer as well. And then we'll have a Monday evening service uh, that evening as well at 7 p.m. Child care for the evening services. We will have our preschool Nautilus Junior uh, Children's Ministry will be operating. Um, elementary students and older are welcome to come into service with us, get the word in here, and um, not going to bother us one bit. Uh, and you will actually probably thank us later for allowing your children to be under the word of God. Amen. In the spirit, in the room, in the environment. So uh, make plans for that. Monday morning, there will be uh, no child care, no children's ministry, that Monday morning service. But again, bring them. Um, they're not going to bother us one bit. So we want to make that available to everyone. And then just to remind you, we've got Kingdom Rise Conference coming. We'll have a lot more details regarding that. But April, is that April 21st? I think that was. Um, I can pull that up here real quick since we're mentioning it. Uh, that's April 21st, April 21st through Wednesday, the 24th. That's Pastor So and Danielle, Pastor Daryl, Bonnie, Pastor Earl, and Marcy again. So uh, we're kind of getting a little precursor here in January, a little, you know, wet your appetite a little bit, and then we're going to hit, get to April, and they're going to be ready to go, man. They're going to be like, man, you really got these people pumped up. So uh, let's be ready to go and dive into all that God has. Amen. Let's get in the word together. If you would go with me to Galatians chapter three. Several weeks ago, we do as we always do every year. We gather as a team and as a church in one location in St. Augustine, Florida with Pastor Earl and Pastor Marcy. He does what we call an annual vision casting. This was back in December. We gather everyone together and we reflect on the year and all that God did in 2023 and uh, a lot of great testimonies, a lot of great stories, a lot of great victories, um, overcoming challenges, all that. And then he takes time to launch us into 2024. And if it's the case, it's not always the case, but if it's the case that the Lord has laid on his heart a word, 
directing that year or speaking into that season, he'll release that for us. And he said that 2024 will be the year of the reigning spirit. The reigning spirit. And this is going to be a year that we are going to look at uh, and, and totality. I mean, from beginning to end through this year, we're going to unveil the things of the spirit. Because if you didn't know this, it's a great day to find out that you are a spirit. You live in a body and you possess a soul. If that's brand new news to you, it'll make a lot of sense. It'll make a lot of things make sense. Amen. Because when we try to live out of the natural alone, we mess things up. When we try to live out of our own abilities, our own capacities, our own intellect, when we limit ourselves to the tangible, to the natural, to the surroundings, to the environments we're in, it's gonna greatly disrupt the plan of God in your life and it's gonna greatly disrupt what you have been called and assigned to do. In Galatians chapter three, Paul is addressing this church and he says this in verse one. Here's your encouraging word of the year. You foolish Galatians. How you like that? First service out the gate, pastor's already called you foolish. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Verse three, he says, are you so foolish? After beginning by the spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? It shows us the contention in life that when you come into the kingdom, what should be awakening within you, what should be opening up to you, what should become revelation to you is that you are a spirit being, that there is a spirit man inside each one of us. And that's the real you, not the house you live in, not the temple that you're surrounded by, not the uh, environment you were raised in or all the past and all the history and, and all the things that have happened to you, all the experiences you've engaged. The real you is the spirit man that is made alive when you come into the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us that when we were in darkness, before we knew Jesus, before you were saved, born again, whatever you want to call it, before you confessed Jesus as Lord, your spirit man was dead and your flesh ruled you. Not just the fleshes and the skin that we see, but the nature of the flesh, which is born in sin. When we all came into the world, not one of us came in righteous, not one of us came in able, not one of us came in mature. We all came in in sin, born into sin because of Adam's sin, by a sin nature, by a flesh nature. But when you confess Jesus as Lord, man, when you give him your life, that spirit man is awakened to life. It's awakened to everything that God has and wants for you, all of his promises. And now what happens is when you are born again, you go on a journey of discovery. And your spirit man is trying to inform your mind and try to inform the old you of the new you. There's an introduction that takes place. Hello, old man, I'm the new man. And I'm here to take, I'm here to take control. I'm here to take charge. But the problem is, is if you don't feed your spirit properly, your spirit will be malnourished, will be depleted, will be deficient, and your flesh will still rule you. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul called a believer that still lived according to the flesh a carnal person, meaning you still adhere to and live by and behave like the old man who is supposed to die. Paul says, I crucify the flesh, not literally, right? Jesus took on the literal uh, 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 torment in crucifixion, so you and I wouldn't have to do that. He's the last lamb. He's the last one that's slain on the altar. And now what I'm supposed to crucify is that flesh nature, my desires, my will, my intents, my uh, opinions, my ideas. They all get crucified. They all get laid on this altar. By how? By renewing the mind. Paul says that this is your necessary act of worship, that you renew your mind. And if you renew your mind, you'll transform your life. By renewing my mind, I'm up daily, over time, crucifying the old will, the old ways, the old desires, that old flesh. Every now and then he tries to rise up. He tries to rule. Some days we're we're better at walking in the spirit than others. Some days the flesh tries to rise up and tries to do its thing. And you just have to remind them, you're a dead man. What are you doing talking to me? What are you doing treating people like that? What are you doing responding that way? That's the old man. No, I thought I killed you. I thought I crucified. Every now and then he'll try to crawl off that cross. That's why he calls it a living sacrifice. You are a living sacrifice, meaning at any moment that thing can crawl back off and you got to put it back on the altar. You got to sacrifice that thing again. It's a daily sacrifice. Sometimes I wonder if the Old Testament did have it easier. You know, if we went to church in the Old Testament, this place would stink, burning flesh, blood everywhere, guts everywhere. I mean, the atonement being made for, I mean, that's Old Testament stuff. But some of us might have an easier time slaughtering some animals than we were slaughtering our own flesh. And ultimately, that's what God was trying to get to was you're performing actions with your hands, but I don't have your heart. When you crucify the flesh, that's when he gets your heart. That's when he gets the real you, and that's what he wants. He wants you and all of you. And so Paul is responding to this church in Galatia and saying, something's happened over time. You started this thing out in the spirit. You remember when you were born again. You remember when you got saved. You remember when you confessed Jesus. You started this thing in the spirit. But now somehow over time, we're trying to blend the two. We're trying to be spiritual, but in a natural sense. We're trying to be spiritual, but as long as it makes sense in my mind. We're trying to be spiritual, but as long as I can reason it out. We're trying to be spiritual as long as, as, as the natural aligns with it. And that's not the, that's not the way this spirit life looks, works or looks like. The life in the spirit should be more natural to you than life in the flesh. And if it doesn't, that means one is winning over the other. And this is going to be a year where the spirit dominates. That's why it's called the reigning spirit. Because in any way of life, either my flesh is winning or my spirit is winning. There's no in between. Either I'm giving in more to the flesh or I'm giving in more to the spirit. The matters of the spirit, the things of the spirit, the ways of the spirit, the life of the spirit. 
I'll have you know that everything you see came from something you can't see. So even when you're trying to give weight to the natural, just know that even that natural thing came from a spiritual source. If cancer is more real to you than the healing power of God, well, I have you know that cancer came from the power of darkness and sin. It itself has a spiritual source behind it. If you have a disruption in a marriage, if you have offense and bitterness with a relationship, if you're experiencing lack in your finances, I can tell you right now, all the natural things you're battling have a spiritual source behind it. And what happens is, and this is where the enemy tricks us, is he wants us fighting spiritual battles with natural resources. And man is really good at manufacturing reasonable responses, reasonable ways to address spiritual issues. That addiction is not natural. Your war is not with the bottle. There's something spiritual behind it that's got you wrapped, wrapped, and you can't let it go, and it won't let go of you until you start understanding the ways of the Spirit. And now you'll start finding deliverance. Now you'll start finding freedom. See, this is why people don't think unforgiveness is the way to uh, 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 respond to somebody when they hurt you and offend you. Oh yeah, they're supposed to forgive me. No, no, no. We got it backwards. Because the spirit works opposite of what the flesh wants. Many times we are only spiritual enough. (laughs) We're just spiritual enough to irritate the devil. But we're never really a threat to him. We bother him with our spirituality but it's not enough to put him on the run. It's not enough to put him out of our life. It's not enough to send him down the road. But when you'll start understanding the ways of the spirit and the life of the spirit, you won't just be an irritation to him. You'll be an absolute threat to him. You'll be an absolute threat to darkness. But it's the ways of the spirit. And just as this church in Galatia We have the same challenge. We start in the spirit, but we don't continue. We don't stay in. Why? Because we live in a reality called life. We live in this world where there's so many, there's so much tangible. There's so much that you can see. There's so much that you can, I mean, what is it about Joshua and Caleb that they go into the same promised land that the 10 other spies went in, but yet they come out. It was a spirit of faith. Go back, go to Numbers chapter 14. It says, but my servant Caleb, he had a different spirit And sometimes we think that when we are using our five senses, see, this is what happens when we get informed too much by our five senses. And God gave you your five senses. You need your five senses. But they should not be leading the way. God gave you emotions. He gave you those emotions to grieve and to mourn, to be sad, to be joyful, to be angry, to be upset. But he didn't give you emotions so that they could take the lead. Joshua and Caleb Caleb looked, looked 
a challenge and an opposition and resistance square in the face and said, we'll still defeat you. What is that? It's life in the spirit. It's believing that the unseen is more real than the seen. It's believing that the things that I can see are only temporary, subject to change, but his word is eternal. See, a lot of times we're not seeing the promises come to pass because we're expecting the promises to show up in tangible form, not understanding that I access them in spirit and then I pull them into the natural. And if I can't access them in the spirit, I won't access them in the natural. If I can't believe it before I see it. So then our reasoning shows up. Our intellect steps in. And it's, it's, it's tricky, but it's an inferior replacement. Your intellect will always be inferior to the spirit of God. Since this, is why, this is why praying in the spirit is so important. I just read a thing yesterday uh, from uh, Rick Renner. He said, you pray in the spirit. when Praying in the spirit is the most necessary when you have no idea what to do. But we mock it. It just sounds like gibberish. That's not even a real language. You're just making it up. Fine. I'm tapping into something that you are limited by. You're limited by your intellect. You're limited by what the doctors say. You're limited by what you think is gonna happen. You're limited by what the, the, the market strategists have to give you. I'm not limited by anything. I serve a limitless God and he knows. You might not know, I might not know. And eventually you're gonna reach your end of natural ability and you're gonna need to tap into something beyond you. That's why I pray in the spirit. I don't pray in the spirit just to fill time. I pray in the spirit because I need to get somewhere that I can't get on my own. It's in the spirit. He even tells us to pray with the spirit, partner with the spirit. Man, even in times where I might be the only one, I'm still not the only one. It's me and the Holy Spirit. And if two, We'll touch and agree. But it's just me. No one else will agree with me. The Holy Spirit does. He sure will. Amen. So we got to get into the things of the Spirit. We need a reigning Spirit this year. This year, we've got to get the Spirit to dominate. We've got to get the Spirit to rule. We've got to get the Spirit to reign. I'm tired of living according to my flesh. I'm tired of doing the very thing I don't want to do and being so disappointed that I did it and feeling condemned and horrible that I did it and then having to repent. What if I just live by the Spirit and just said, you know, I'm going to stop that thing before I even go there by yielding to the Spirit of God. The Spirit will give you what therapy can't help. The Spirit will do what counseling can't fix. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. They are absolutely necessary. If you've got Spirit-led people, I'm not saying doctors are wrong, but there's gonna be times, there's times where doctors don't have answers. And we love doctors. We love the medical field. Thank God for the supernatural wisdom and expertise that they have. But it's when they get tapped out, that's where God says, I still got it. And if you'll tap into me and if you'll connect with what my plan is, I can, I can tell you how to get out of this. I had a way out before you got in. Amen. And when we tap into the spirit, then we can use the natural resources to our greatest benefit, to our advantage, not as a crutch, 
Not as an excuse. Not as a, well, I tried it and it didn't work. And it will propel you and advance you rather than get you further in trouble and keep you further in the mess. No, we need a reigning spirit. But the problem is, is we start in the spirit and then we try to finish in the flesh. We try to make it all make sense. And isn't it amazing that the enemy would work this way? The enemy is not trying to get you to abandon a faith. He just wants you to abandon the faith. Because also in Galatians, in chapter one, Galatians chapter one, just looking at the ploy of the enemy. And by the way, the devil, he's spiritual too. Yeah. Galatians chapter one and verse eight says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel. I mean, remember, remember when the, the, the snake came to Adam and Eve in the garden? What was the temptation? If you eat this fruit, you will be more like God. We have this idea that God wants us or that the enemy wants us to completely abandon and send us in the opposite direction, but maybe he just wants you to accept an inferior substitute, a familiar alternative. Maybe there's another element that he would rather have you chase after thinking you're pursuing the things of God when you're not, thinking you're becoming more spiritual when you're not thinking you are more pleasing to him when you're not, trying to acquire something that you already are. They couldn't be any more like God. Because in Genesis 1.26, when he says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, guess who Adam and Eve are made in? The image they're made in. Guess the likeness that they're made in. Guess who they reflect and resemble and represent in the earth? the God of all creation, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And yet the devil would say, eat this fruit and you'll be more like him. And the enemy is still dangling fruit in front of believers and Christians and we're still falling for it. We're still picking it off and eating it because it looks good. Looks like it'll make us wise. Looks like it's good for food. We're still pulling these things off the branches and biting right into the things, thinking I'm getting closer when I'm actually going in a complete opposite direction. You're still using the same tactic, still using the same desires. This word foolish uh, is not foolish in the natural sense. It's a Greek word. This Greek word foolish in Galatians chapter three actually means this, lacking spiritual sense. It means lacking spiritual sense. I tell you what, as a church, we're gonna find ourselves in dangerous places if we are lacking spiritual sense in these last days. And can I just go ahead and let you know this? If you didn't know this too, I'm just giving you all kinds of secrets today. You don't have a devil problem. He is not your problem. 
He's not even close. You have, a, you have a flesh problem. We have a desires for the thing of the flesh over the things of the spirit problem. We have a rebellious man problem because this is what I know. A submitted Christian, a submitted believer, a submitted man or woman of God, you pose a threat on the devil. He's no threat to you. It's not even close. It's, it's the most unfair fight there is. Submit to God. Submit to God. Submit to God in what? He'll flee from you. It's our submission to God that postures us for victory and postures us for overcoming the enemy. He is no threat. We don't have a a devil problem, but what we do have in these last days, as far as the church is concerned, I'm talking to the church this morning. As far as the church is concerned, the problem is we got to get aligned with the Holy Spirit of God once again. There was a reason why Jesus said, don't do anything. Go, tarry, and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes upon you, then you'll be my witnesses. There's a necessity for the believer to be led by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit, to be born of the Spirit, to accompany the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. It's the matter of the Spirit. And many people have shied away from these conversations for lack of understanding or thinking it's kooky and it's weird and, and, and you're just gonna scare people off. But the enemy has used that ploy against you because he knows that if you tap into the things of the Spirit, he stands no chance. You didn't know that, that, that walking in the Spirit would help your marriage. Walking in the Spirit would help you with your parenting. We're taking all the courses and we're watching all the videos and we're reading all the books and all while the Holy Spirit's like, but I know what to do. Walking in the Spirit will heal your body. Walking in the Spirit will, will see you gain victory in everywhere, uh, every way that you're falling short. Walking in the Spirit will help you overcome in the daily life. But when we continue to only value the things of the natural, when we continue to only place value on the things that we can see, we're never going to be able to tap into the things that God has for us. I want to give you three ways that we can distinguish, three ways that we can distinguish the things of the Spirit this year. It's going to be very important this year that we value what God values, that we honor what God honors. We promote what God is promoting. Did all that. That was just my introduction. Now it's 1145. Isn't that great? Let's see, what, let's see how quick we can do this. Hallelujah. Number one, desiring and discerning. Desiring and discerning. 
desiring and discerning. The things of the Spirit must be desired. The things of the Spirit must be sought after. I'll tell you this, you're not going to accidentally walk in the Spirit. You're not going to accidentally yield to the Spirit. You know how I know that? Because he's not a demon. He doesn't possess people. The Holy Spirit always demands full yieldedness, cooperation, partnership. The Holy Spirit, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. No, but, the, but a desire. One of my favorite songs that we sing, probably one of the oldest songs we sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Now, someone may ask, well, he's the Spirit of God. He's God. He's everywhere. Yeah, but how many times are you missing what's right in front of you because you don't recognize it, because you're not aware of it? There's a desire. There's a desire that is necessary. There's a desire that must be built within every believer. And if we don't desire him, he won't come. He won't move. You may have heard of people refer to the Holy Spirit as a gentleman. He's not gonna force his way where he's not welcome. If your home is not welcoming to the Holy Spirit, he's not gonna force his way in. If your TV and your music are flooded with everything that creates a, 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 an environment for the wrong spirit, guess what? He's not gonna barge his way in and turn all that stuff off. You're gonna have to create an environment that welcomes the Holy Spirit, welcomes the presence of the Spirit, welcomes the glory of the Lord. You gotta do it. Now, he will prompt you, but he will not force you. In 1 Timothy chapter four, desiring and discerning. And I'm gonna go deeper into this later on, but I'm just trying to give kind of a, this, this whole message really is an introduction to where we wanna go this year. We've got to desire the Holy Spirit. For the sake of time, I need to press on in 1 Timothy chapter four, verse one. Now the Spirit expressly says, the Amplified says distinctly and expressly declares. The Passion Translation says explicitly reveals. The Holy Spirit speaks with clarity, guys. Let's just get that straight. He's not confusing. He's not in the clouds. The only reason it's confusing is because you're placing more value on the natural than the spiritual. But when you tap into the spiritual and you start saying, God, I want to see and know and hear everything you want me to see, man, it just opens things up. And things that have, 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 have stumped you, challenged you, maybe you've had questions about, all of a sudden they start making sense. That's what we talked about last year, abundant clarity. He expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Watch this. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines 
of demons. It doesn't say they will depart from the faith because they stop going to church. It doesn't say they will depart from the faith because they quit praying. It doesn't say they will depart from the faith because they don't study the word anymore. It doesn't say that they depart from the faith because they don't listen to pastors and ministers. It doesn't say they depart from the faith because they don't have podcasts or YouTube playing. It says that they depart from the faith giving heed to. So this is the thing. In our desiring, are we discerning? Because the danger with the things of the spirit, and that's why we're gonna journey into it. Because this year, I'm gonna talk about doctrines of demons. I'm gonna talk about false spirits. I'm gonna talk about familiar spirits. I'm gonna talk about deceiving spirits. Why? Because there are two spirit worlds. And if we aren't careful or don't know what we're doing, we may be consuming the wrong one. We may be giving heed to the wrong one. And guess what? They think they're righteous. They think they're holy. They think they're right. They think they're on the right course. All the while, they're going in the complete opposite direction. So my desiring requires discerning. Just because you desire the things of the Spirit doesn't mean you can discern the things of the Spirit. So we're going to learn how to discern the things of the Spirit this year. Sniff them out. Guys, I promise you, on the inside, something's going off saying, "Mm, I, I don't know. Just a a couple months ago, Mr. Nick had a word for us uh, when we were in a leadership meeting. And he said, you know, he's speaking by the the word of the Lord. He said, you know, there's something about incense, something about the smell of something. You know, a lot of times you can imitate something. It might look like something. Uh, You might even be able to mimic the sound of something. but it's very difficult to get the smell right. Usually, if it smells like it, it is it. And some of us are looking at things like, man, I mean, it just, I mean, it looks like it's got the stuff together. It sounds, I mean, it sounds right, but you get close enough to start smelling it, and you're like, "Mm -mm, no, that ain't it. That ain't God. You can sniff it out. That's called discernment. And we need to operate in these last days with discernment. Because if the enemy knows, many are going to fall away, giving heed to, look, pressing into the things of the Spirit. Pressing into more doctrine. Another passage says that they will uh, uh, mount up for themselves, teachers that will tell them what they want to hear, preach to them what they want to hear with itching ears that they develop, right? Guys, the people that are falling away aren't doing less church, they're doing more. 
The people that are falling away have stacks of books and stacks of people they follow and stacks of, 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 of ministers that they've compiled, but yet they don't know the way. They've got a desire without discernment and desire without discernment is a dangerous combination. So we're gonna need to be discerning. Had a lot more verses on that, but we're gonna hold off. We'll dig deeper next time. The second thing that we're gonna need to distinguish is hunger and appetite. Hunger and verse five. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds, what? Set on the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. A mindset. Now, the mindset of the flesh is death. Guys, this is an open book test. Anybody like open book tests? We got an open book test. Okay, well, which one should I? It's real easy, right here. The mind set on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Even more than an open book test, I love 50-50 answers. True, false, my favorite. Even if I'm wrong, I got a 50% chance. Even if I have no clue, I've got half a chance. I, the A, B, C, or D, and then the one that said, you know, or all of the above. I, are you kidding me? Like, what are you, what are you doing to my mind? I'm going in circles right now. I thought it was B until I saw D. I'm like, well, you know, the other two. This is crazy. This is about as easy as it can get, guys. Open book, gives you the answer, and it couldn't be more clear. I want the mind set on the spirit. It's about hunger. Are you hungry for the things of God? I believe we're coming into a day where people are hungry for the things of God. But here's the problem. A hunger with the wrong appetite doesn't get filled up. You could be starving, but only have an appetite for the wrong things and you won't get any sustenance. Just because you are hungry for the things of the spirit, just because you have a spiritual hunger, doesn't mean you have an appetite for the right things. We need to distinguish between the two. These are things we're gonna look at because I wanna live a life of the spirit that produces life and peace. I want my mind set on the spirit. I need life and peace. Guess what? Your wife needs life and peace produced from you. <laughs> Your coworkers need life and peace produced from you. If, if, if no one's going up into that workplace bringing life and peace, you are. Everybody else got their mind set on the flesh and you're showing up. I got my mind set on the spirit and you ought to thank me for it. Because I'm about to bring some life and peace up in here. Everybody else bringing death and worry. I got some life and peace. Come on, your boss will thank you. Your spouse will thank you. Your kids will thank you. Yep, I need some life and peace. So we got to set our mind. In verse Nine, in Romans chapter eight, uh, in the, the Passion Translation, 
Let's just read all, all, all of them. Verse five, you got time. Romans chapter eight, verse five. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live, I love this, by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I wanna yield to the Holy Spirit just by an impulse. I don't need him rattling me straight. Just a simple nudge. That, 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 don't do that. No, don't go there. Just a simple, what kind of yieldedness and sensitivity to the things of the Spirit does that demand to just, okay, got it. Guys, if we can't obey him in the easy things, how are we going to respond to the hard things? Yep. The impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the sense and reason of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights against God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled, dominated. This is the series of the reigning spirit, not the reigning flesh. But when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. Now again, not controlled in a way that he's coming in and forcefully, you're controlled. It's a yielded control. I submit control. Those of you that came down front today, you just released control. Not one of you can walk out of here and say, that pastor made me come down and release my, my baggage from 2023. <laughs> I did not. I did not grab you down here. Let it go right now. Let it go. 2023, this has been the past. We're in 2020. No, you yielded voluntarily. And now when I release my stuff, God can give me his. Amen? Not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you're not of him. So just because you have a spiritual hunger doesn't mean you have an appetite for the right things. Last one, number three, seeing and entering. Seeing and entering. In John chapter three, Hallelujah. John chapter three, verse one. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. But Jesus replied in verse three, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He's telling us that for those of us that are born again, those of us that have come into the kingdom, made Jesus Lord, it should be common for us to see the kingdom of God and be aware of the things of the spirit. To see the kingdom of God and become aware of the things 
of the Spirit. To be born again. He tells Nicodemus, man, you can't even see. Now, what did Nicodemus just say? He said, we see the evidence. That's something you see. I see it with my eyes. And Jesus says, no. You might be able to see the results, but you can't see the source. You might be able to see what's happening, but you can't see where it's coming from. No, if we're going to walk in the things of the Spirit and live in the things of the Spirit and allow the Spirit to reign this year, we're going to have to distinguish between seeing and entering. Because he goes on to say, in verse 4, Nicodemus responds and says, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? With all this guy's knowledge, he's a Jewish religious leader, with all his intellect, with all his experience, with all his expertise, he asks a question like that. Reasoning it out with his what? Mind. I tell you what, man, some of the people that I've come into contact with in this planet that reject and refuse the things of the Spirit know more doctrine and theology and Scripture than I will ever think I could know. But they know too much to ever see or enter the things of the Spirit. Your intellect will be one of the number one things that will get in the way because the more you know, the more you try to use your knowledge to reason out the things of the Spirit and you can't live in a realm that's like, I can't explain it, it's God. I don't know how that works, but it's God. And they just think that's weird. But yet you go to your car every day, you start it up and you don't know how but y'all don't even think twice about it. Anybody going to their car this afternoon praying in tongues, hoping their car starts? I don't know how. I'm just going to trust God. You do it with so much trust that you are surprised if it doesn't start. Where's the church that gets surprised when it doesn't happen? Where's the church that gets surprised when he doesn't move? Where's the church gets surprised when they don't get healed? Where's the church that gets surprised when we don't see the manifestations of God? That's a whole other level of trust right there. That's seeing and entering into the things of the Spirit. I don't pray hoping and wishing. I pray with the same resolve as you did when you sat down in that chair. I didn't see any of you go. Make sure the whole, is it? Man, you sat down so confident just now. You ought to pray with the same confidence you sat down in that chair. You ought to believe with the same confidence you sat down in that chair. And quit trying to reason it out. Quit trying to let your intellect take over. Set your mind on the things of God. Here's what I know. I I believe we're walking in days where there is an exposure of the things of the Spirit on both sides. I believe we're going to get a veil pulled back. We're going to see into the things of the Spirit. Why this happened? Why that went that way? Why what God is doing? How he's working? I believe God's going to pull the veil back for those that are pressing into him. Now, I said both sides. And we've already seen this start, and I believe we'll continue to see it happen, an exposure of darkness. 
Now, let me just give you this word, a little, little side trail right here. You ready? Do not confuse the exposure of darkness with the increase of darkness. You're only seeing what has always been there. You're only getting a glimpse of what's already been taking place. Oh, darkness is on the rise. No, the kingdom's on the rise. Darkness is getting worse and worse. No, you're just getting to see it for what it really is now. No more tricks, no more games, no more gimmicks. And this is what I know. When the enemy starts letting you in on his secrets and starts throwing everything at you, you know he's losing. He's not winning. That's not his, that's not his last. That's his best effort. That's all he's got. And the more exposure we see, the more I know the kingdom's getting ready to come and bring this thing to an end. The more I know we're about to overcome and see the victory that's been promised us because the enemy's last hand is his best hand. It's to just lay it all out, hope that he can gain what he can gain. But we are the ones that are increasing. We are the ones that are advancing. We are the ones that are on the rise. I refuse to believe that the devil's winning in the last days and then the devil, then God shows up in the last hour with a knockout punch. They ain't happening. Exposure is the enemy's last resort. And we're just seeing it all hit the fan at the same time. And that just, lets, that just brings more comfort to me. Yeah, we're getting close. Yeah, all the wars and rumors of wars. All the brothers and sisters and moms and dads turning against each other. All the calamity and the invention of new sins, man, he, he is really, he, he's seeing his end come close. It is near. And we're about to walk into some great victory if we'll stay with the Spirit. Worship team, if you come. Jesus goes on to say in verse five, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom without being born of water and the what? Spirit. Later on, he says, you know, you see the, the trees move around. You see the trees wave and you know the wind's blowing, but you don't know where the, we're coming into days. If you'll walk in the spirit, you'll know where it comes from. You won't just be limited to watching the results, but you will see the source. The last statement that I have for you. <clears throat> is on the screen. <laughs> Thought it was in my notes, but it's not. But there's one more. Y'all got that for me? Just because you can see the results doesn't mean you can determine the source. This is a year walking in the spirit. We're not just gonna have a desire without discernment. We're not gonna have a hunger without the right appetite. We're not gonna be limited by what we see. We're gonna enter in, walk in the things of the Spirit. We're gonna see the source of what God is doing. We're gonna get behind the veil. We're gonna walk in the things of the Spirit. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, as we yield ourselves to your spirit. Go unveil total surrender, that complete trust. Father, you will unveil these things. You'll make them known. You'll 
revealed to us by the Spirit. Father, I thank you that the Spirit will reign in 2024. The Spirit will dominate in 2024. Maybe some of us already started New Year's resolutions, but did we consult the Spirit first? Did we tap in and say, Father, what are your resolutions for me this year? What do you need me to do? What do you need me to let go of? What do you need me to abandon? Father, I thank you this year as we walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, we'll enjoy the benefits and the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the way of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit. Father, all these elements you designed us to live by, we are spirits in bodies possessing souls. This is not a year that our flesh will dominate. This is not a year that we'll be led by our emotions, our opinions. Father, we will be led by the Spirit of God. We give you glory, praise, and honor for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.